Hey, Marie, how's it going? I'm going good. How are you? I am uh, doing well. So last week we talked a little bit about you were going to add dark mode to Llama Life. You talked about doing like a Twitter poll and gotten some feedback that was a little bit more mixed than you thought. So mm. yeah, have you have you done it yet? Is dark mode in there? Or are you deciding not to do it? What's going on with that? We did the Twitter poll and it was surprising. So it was 60 saying yes, go for it. 40 saying don't really care. But the thing with Twitter polls is that you don't really know who's answering that, right? I'm not sure if our customers are answering that or I'm not sure if it's just like my maker friends on Twitter saying it's a big pain to do dark mode, so don't do it. Right. So it's not really like the be all and end all of the decision behind it. But all in all, decided to put it on hold. So we're not doing it at the moment. And the main reason is like to do it well, it's not a matter of just putting a black background on everything that was white previously. There's a lot of consideration about how the whole thing comes together. Mm-hmm. People don't realize, but sometimes when you do dark mode, like the font size changes as well because your eyes perceive white font differently to, to black font and it could look bigger or smaller, and there's a lot of UI tweaks that need to be done, and not just done now, but done ongoing sort of maintenance in the future. Like if you add another feature, then you need to make sure that that feature is compatible with dark mode as well. Right. That was kind of the consensus I was getting from the maker community. They were saying, you know, it's a lot more of a headache than you think it's going to be, and, you know, (laughs) you don't sort of realize what you're signing up for if you commit to that. One of my friends on Twitter, um, Daniel Wynn, he was saying that for his product, his product's called KTool. It essentially lets you save like online articles directly to your Kindle. Super useful. But he was saying for his product, he positioned dark mode as a beta feature. That way, you know, if he didn't want to continue it for some reason, then he didn't have to. Or if it wasn't 100% up to date with all the latest features that he offered, it was kind of excusable because it was a, a beta thing. Mm-hmm. I, I did think about that, but I, I'm, I'm not sure I want to go down that route just because for me, it's super important how Llama Life looks. This the type of product where the UI has, it's part of the experience and part of the value you get from it is it makes you feel good about completing tasks. And I would never want a situation where it half looks one way and half looks another just because of the dark mode thing. So for now, we're going to not do it. Instead though, because I've, <laughs> I've been on this color thing, right? I've been thinking about colors and theming. So instead, um, I actually just did this last night, but one of the things with Llama Life is that it's got to be fun and it's got to give you variety and dopamine. So what I did was there's now this one-click color feature where you've got your list of tasks and you can click one button and it will basically color like all of your tasks. And right now when you click it, it just makes everything look rainbow. So each task is a different color, but together they make it like a rainbow. Mm -hmm. And for me, it kind of gives me like an, an immediate instant gratification hit of dopamine and I'm like, Yes, that feels good. It's kind of a fun thing, but that is part of the product. It's got to feel fun. It's got to make you want to come back to it and use it. And one way you can do that is by giving people variety. And in this case, the variety is coming from color. And I'm a big fan of like using color where appropriate. Like it's got to have a purpose, but in this case, it seems to fit. And it also gives me a chance to add more colors later. Like maybe you do one click color and you, it gives you a random color scheme every time. Mm-hmm. There's variety, but there's also like randomness, which together is a good combination as well for, especially for the ADHD mind. Like I know I need those things when I use a product. I want surprise. I want to know something's going to yeah, happen yeah. and I want to have some variety on that as well. So yeah, it sort of just made a lot of sense. It ticked a lot of boxes for the Llama Life as a product. So I just built it last night. 
It's not live yet. I'll probably push it live over the weekend. Today's Friday for me, so it'll be like tomorrow. I think that feature is actually a great example of why you should maybe hold off on dark mode until it feels necessary, because that's a feature that when you add color, like something like that, that could totally change how it looks in dark mode. And then you have to like think, okay, every one of these colors has to have a totally different shade because in dark mode, it's going to be way too bright or whatever the case is. Because when you, when you were talking earlier about dark mode, I think another thing to consider, a lot of times things that are maybe a link that's in a certain color, when you go dark mode, instead of still doing that color, you do it in white or something like that. Yeah. Like that's just how the contrast works. And so this feature you're talking about right now, it could be you know twice as much work because then you have to now figure out what is it going to do in dark mode and how do I oh handle that? Oh my gosh, that? yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it already posed some problems, but I'd kind of sorted these out previously because so previously you could go on one task and change the color of one task. Mm -hmm. This new feature just means that like if you have 20 tasks on your list, you don't have to go through and change each one. Some people might want to because maybe there's a, a reason why they're making a task a certain color. Maybe they're grouping certain tasks together. But this one is more just, hey, you have 20 tasks on your list. You want to make it look good and you don't want to spend any time on it, but you just want that hit of, of dopamine and make my list look good. One click, <laughs> we do it for you. Where I was going was previously when I had the feature to color one task, I already ran into this issue where like normally a task has a white background and black text. And then basically when you put a color on it, I had to make a decision like, does the text stay black or does it change to white? So there mm -hmm. already is a little bit of like a dark mode thinking there because first of all, I had to pick colors that would work well with white text. Right. Because obviously if you have a lighter color, like a light yellow, it's not going to work with white text. I didn't want the task list, like 20 tasks, some to have black text, some to have white text. So basically if you add a color to it now, it always has white text, which means that the color palette has to be chosen carefully, right, to match with that. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, it's just going through the whole code base, well, not the whole code base, but just the code base related to a task, all those components and going, okay, there's a title, there's buttons, there's button text, there's like um, icons like a chevron that needs to be re recolored. There's numbers that like the duration of the task <laughs> has to be recolored. So there was already a lot of skinning that had to happen yeah. just for the task. But luckily that was done previously. And this time it was more just let's add this fun, you know, get all my tasks in an array, loop through, change all the colors and, you know, save it back and re-render. Right, right. Last night I, I was pretty late and I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep going. And when I actually did it and it worked, I'm like, ah, oh, it just feels so good. And it's small enough that I got satisfaction from making something start to finish and it's going to get released tomorrow or, or whatever. So nice, fast cycle time and feels good. Nice. That's awesome. Last week on the on the show, I announced the the landing page for polarhabits.com, which uh, had we just launched it. And so that's been out for a little while now. And I mentioned it on my newsletter this week. And so we've been starting to get people signing up for it. So the show came out and then my newsletter came out the same day. And then uh, my partner on there, Marat, he had released like a tweet thread, sort of like detailing what makes Polar Habits different. Like what is the problem with kind of normal habits? We talked about this last week, just like with habit streaks and stuff like that. But through that, we've been getting some pretty good traffic to 
our site and um, I just wanted to talk numbers a little bit. I think we've had like over over a thousand people visit the landing page, which is great. And then we've gotten our conversion rate is something, I think it's like 45%. So pretty good amount of people that are landing on the page are going ahead and signing up for the waiting list. So our waiting list is a little over 500 people right now. And they're still kind of a few days later, still kind of seeing that trickle in, which is awesome. It feels uh, great seeing that other people are kind of interested and we're getting lots of like great feedback from like the Twitter thread. And I'm also getting an email too from my newsletter, people that are kind of responding and excited about the idea. Obviously, like who knows how many of those people will eventually become like paying customers. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a free version of the product too. Like we're going to do kind of the freemium thing. So we'll have like a free version and a pro version. We have ideas for what that'll be. And that'll be something to kind of work mm-hmm. out in the like where, you know, we talked about that earlier this year with Llama Life and like trying to find that line of like, you want it to feel good for people using it where it's free but you don't want it to be so good that they're like not interested in the paid version. <laughs> you want it to feel like, oh, I love I love the free version so much, but I really want this extra little feature, so I'm gonna pay. Like that's kind of the vibe you want so that they're yeah, kind of yeah. enjoying the free version, but also happy to pay to get to the next step. And so we'll be kind of navigating, figuring out where, where that line is and maybe adjusting it as time goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was on the wait list and then I literally just before this call, I signed in to check it out. And yeah, I've got to say, like, it's really, it's really nice. Like I like the, I'm a big fan of UI and just design and how our product makes you feel. And it feels fresh to me. I'm probably your your target audience because I've used a lot of different habit apps. It's <laughs> The biggest problem with the habit apps obviously is is kind of sticking with it. Everybody gets the motivation to set it up and go, I'm going to do all these things. But the, right. the pain point that I think you're trying to solve is like, how do you actually stick to that? That's the the holy grail. Like, well, how do you make a habit into a, into a real routine is kind of what I'm trying to do. So I look for products that feel fresh and that I want to engage with. And I can see you guys have, have got elements of that. The color scheme's great. Like it literally feels fresh because it's kind of got this bluey, blue, gray, a little bit of yellow um, color scheme. So I like that. And Yeah, I just want a product that I want to use. Like I want to go back and play with it and look at it and interact with it. And so many habit apps kind of fall short there Mm -hmm. because they they kind of focus too much on like stats or um, you see a chart and I want to see that, but I don't want it to be a boring chart. So I think you've kind of nailed some of that already. Yeah, it's very much kind of focused on guilt-free habit tracking and because so many habit apps are all about like the streak like keep it going forever and ever and ever which is great when you're doing the streak then real life happens and then like you miss a day and it falls apart like we had people that like replied to the tweet thread that I mentioned and somebody said I was doing like an hour of Duolingo learning German every day for 360 days And then I moved and I didn't have internet for two days and then I never did it again. Mm. It was like they completely fell off after this huge long streak because once you miss a day, like the way most habit trackers work, like you just feel like, well, I don't want to start over. And that's what it feels like now is that I have to start over. In Polar Habits, kind of the main mechanism right now, at least, is the momentum chart. And so that it it's a lot more forgiving. It's just sort of like, this is how your momentum's kind of going. And there may be little like dips here and there, but that's just sort of like the natural process. And it almost, what I've found using it is it almost feels like, it's almost kind of fun seeing historical, like what happened. I was like, oh, here I can see, like I have one habit that's for like writing my book, like working on my Mm -hmm. book every day. 
and I can see like a little dip in the chart, but it doesn't die. So it doesn't like kill the streak, but I can see that dip and be like, oh, that's when I submitted it. And then I didn't write for a week because it was I was waiting to hear back from the editor. And you can kind of look back and see like little like, oh, that's when this happened. That's when that happened. It's hard to describe, but the feeling feels vastly different to me. It's not like, oh, there's where I broke. I failed. Like yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I think most habit apps feel like. It's like, oh, that's that's when I failed because of this reason or that's when I failed because of that reason. Whereas this, because the chart doesn't just like dip back down to zero, it kind of feels like positive movement. It's very early. We have a lot of like dreams for things we want to do next year with it. But I'm really happy with it so far. And it's cool to see that other people are responding and excited for it as well. I'm really excited to see where it goes as well because it feels more nurturing versus strict like yes or no, all or nothing. That's what I get from other habit apps. It's it's all or nothing, which can be a powerful mechanism <laughs> unless you fall into the nothing. And then right. nothing yeah. really becomes nothing forever. So yes, yeah, so I'm going to continue to use it to, um, I'm actually trying to build a habit at the moment. So it's perfect timing for me. I actually just tweeted about this a couple of days ago. I fell into a really bad habit where I was just waking up in the morning and like while I was in bed, I was looking at my phone because I was just trying to check that nothing happened to Llama Life overnight. And I'm guessing a lot of founders and makers have the same challenge where like you've got to sleep at some point, but you're the only one that's keeping your website up. So you kind of always a little bit like, oh, when I wake up, did everything go okay overnight? And especially for me, because I'm in Australia. So a lot of our users are in the US. So I'm like, I just want to make sure nothing big happened. So I checked my phone in the morning and then I was getting sucked into Twitter and like emails and replying to messages and going on Slack and replying to, um, you know, I work with one other person. So just replying to some of her messages and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. I haven't even mentally prepared for the day. It was really bad. It wasn't good for me at all. So I've started a new habit where I'm going to put my phone in the bathroom. So I literally have to get out of bed to go get the phone. That gets me out of bed, right? But it doesn't stop me from getting sucked into my phone. So mm -hmm. there's a second part to this habit, which is I take a shower in the morning. So I turn the water on and while it's heating up, I check my phone. But I don't want to waste water. So it kind of really time boxes that phone time. It's kind of like 30 seconds on the phone. Otherwise, you're wasting like so much water. And my shower head is, is not a water-saving <laughs> shower head. It's like a massive... I think they call them like rain shower head. It's literally like massive. It's like standing outside in like a giant monsoon with just pouring rain on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so bad. But it's amazing. But it's also, yeah, it's really mm -hmm. bad. So I try to have short showers. And if I turn my shower on, check the phone, it really just mm -hmm. makes me look at the phone for 30 seconds tops. And then I have to put it down because I'm like, the water's running. It's really sad, like some of these mechanisms I have to use to kind of get myself doing these small things, but whatever you need to do to get it to work. I think that's the sort of thing that maybe, especially before I knew I had ADHD, that was the sort of thing I felt really bad about and guilty about. And since then, I feel like I've just kind of come to embrace like, hey, like that maybe seems kind of silly or weird or different than most people, but if that's what works for my brain, like that's what works for my brain. Like I have to do all sorts of weird stuff <laughs> to motivate myself. And I think that's totally okay. Like it's just sort of learning what works for you and like learning that like, hey, I, in your example, like 
I care about the wasting of water. And so that's going to motivate me that if the water's running, that'll keep me from using the phone way too much. Because, yeah, I do all sorts of stuff. I just like half jokingly tweeted the other day and said, like, sometimes I use Amazon for my to do list where like there's something I know (laughs) there's something I know I need to do. And so I'll buy something knowing that when it shows up, that'll remind me to do it. And it's like half joking, but it's totally real too. Like there's a problem with one of our toilets right now where when you're not using it, it just like squeals. Like there's this like squealing sound coming from it. And it's something I could probably just go and fix, but I don't totally know what it needs to do it. And I'm also just like not super motivated. So I got online and I purchased a part that I know will fix it for sure. And so when that shows up, which I think is later today, I know it's not going to take that long. So when it shows up, it's going to like remind me, go do that thing. And again, it's the sort of thing that I'm pretty sure I could fix it without having bought this part. But it was like a $2 part and it showing up will be that like reminder and that motivation of like, hey, it's here. Here's the thing. Just go do it real quick. Mm -hmm. Because now there's not that question in my mind, like, am I going to waste my time and it's still not going to work? Because now it'll be like the parts here that replaces like, I don't remember what the valve or whatever, like it's going to work. And now it's here, it's showing up, and now I'm going to do it. Even though I think most people might think that's kind of weird of like, why not just try it and then see if you need to buy the part? I'm like, I know that the part showing up is going to push me and motivate me to take that extra step. So I'm all about doing weird methods like that. The key thing is just you got to figure out what works for you. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it sort of doesn't matter how weird you think it is or other people think it is. If it works, it works. I I like that. So I got my weird shower thing. You got your weird Amazon (laughs) thing, but it's it's good. (laughs) Whatever it takes. Maybe I need to try that thing with the shower because I have have a lot of people have that problem, but I do the same thing of like, I get up in the morning and I'm kind of still in bed and I'm kind of groggy and I pull up on the phone. Mm -hmm. For me, the worst thing that I do, and I do this all the time, is I'll open Slack And then I'll like check messages that are like have to do with work or side projects or things like that. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to follow up on this. And then I'll close the app. Then I'll get up, take the shower, do all the stuff. And then I'll forget that, oh, I saw this message earlier that was important. And I forget that it is even a thing now. So I need to, Mm. I definitely need to break that habit of checking Slack and then immediately forgetting that important thing that I I saw because I'm that's like almost a daily thing for me that I keep doing that. It's not good. So maybe I need to put the phone in the bathroom and uh, do the shower thing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, I, I don't think this video exists anymore, but I, I saw it a while back. This guy was, so his problem was he couldn't get out of bed. So it wasn't a, a phone thing. It was literally just, I can't get out of bed. I keep snoozing mm-hmm. the alarm. His was so extreme. Like, so he lived in an apartment block. He basically set, a phone alarm, he put a phone in a lockbox and he put the lockbox downstairs like in the lobby of the apartment. Right? And he lives, I don't, can't remember what floor, but he lived on like he had to take the elevator down. So literally um, he had, to, he had two, two alarms. Like one was in his room, which okay. was not, not by his bed. So he had two, sorry, he had two lockboxes. One was in his room, two lockboxes, two phones with two alarms and one lockbox was in the room, but not near the bed. So we had to get up from the bed, open the lockbox. Like remember the code, open the lockbox, turn off the first phone. And he knew that the second alarm was going to go off like two minutes later or whatever. And if it, if he didn't go get dressed, go downstairs, down the elevator to the lobby, then his phone would just be going off and annoying like everybody in the oh building. Oh gosh. 
he did a video on it and he filmed it, but he's basically like rushing to get dressed, going down the elevator, like quickly trying to get the lockbox that was in the lobby before it actually went off. And I was like, this is hilarious. But, you know, it kind of, you just made me think about it because it was such a hilarious setup. But look, it got him out of bed. Mm -hmm. And also he was wide awake because he had to run down, run down the, the, S- right, the elevator. Right. I actually, so in, in my, like now we're kind of on this topic of kind of these weird, weird strategies <laughs> in, in my newsletter this week, I kind of mentioned that, that like sometimes the things that work for people with ADHD feel kind of weird. And I asked people to kind of share some of their weird strategies. So I've been getting some emails this week and one person said kind of similar to that. They said one of the things that they've done, if they have to get up early in the morning, they like schedule Uber Eats because mm. then they know like the panic of like someone's going to be at the door with the food waiting for me. And that would like start that urgency. So they would get up in the morning and like, I don't want to be like just rolling out of bed with like, I want to like get a shower and stuff. So I look presentable when the Uber Eats yeah, person yeah. gets here. Sometimes I schedule morning meetings for that too. Mm. For the same reason, like I'll do a 9am meeting or 830 or whatever, just because I like I can't miss it. So I, I know someone else is going to be on that call. So I, it'll make me get out of bed for that. But if I don't have anything till maybe 10 o'clock or 11, there's a chance I might be like, mm, maybe I'll sleep a little bit more. <laughs> I think there's not one thing that you have to have a few different, few different things that work for you that you could do in combination. Yeah. Or if you get bored with one or one stops working, you can fall back on something else. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Just really like one being not being afraid of trying anything that you think might work for you. Don't be afraid to rotate. Like if something isn't working anymore, it's like, okay, well, that's not going to work. Just put that on the shelf and maybe revisit it later. But if it's not working, don't try to force it. It's just like, well, my brain, especially with ADHD, because we're so attracted to like novelty, like that's what motivates us Mm -hmm. so often. And so it's like, oh, this isn't novel anymore. My brain's done. So that's fine. Time to find a new strategy and just maybe I'll come back to this one later and see if it feels fun and fresh again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it, it's a sort of thing that's it's kind of weird, but it's like, well, that's that's how my brain works. And so I just got to kind of roll with what my what works for my brain. The biggest thing is sort of just knowing that it's not working. Yeah. Because it's really hard in the moment because you're struggling with brain fog or just feeling demotivated and you're trying to get out of that. But you just got to for me, it's like I got to know when that happens. Like I have to really be self-aware and acknowledge that this is happening, so I need to change it. But it's really hard in that moment to go. <laughs> like you're just struggling so much in that moment that it's hard to go, what else? How do I break out of this? It almost feels impossible to break out of it. I, maybe the catch is breaking out of it before you get so deep in that funk. Because when you're in there, it's really hard to get out. But if you can yeah. stop yourself before you get in there, maybe that's the trick. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's something there. I think I need to think about that one a bit more, but yeah, maybe if I can catch myself before I get to that stage. Anyway, we are probably coming up on time. We keep doing this thing where we plan like what we're going to talk about and then the episode starts and <laughs> four minutes in, we we take a left turn and then don't ever get to what we were going to talk about. I think we even said this last week, we really need to just like say hi and then hit record and then just get going because I feel like that keeps happening, uh, which is great though. I think this is a fun topic to cover. So I think you're about to ask me, but I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in and say, so my intention this week yeah. is I'm again... Like for especially for December, I'm going to be strongly focused on working on polar habits. And so specifically, I think I'm, I want to have a good idea for redesigning kind of like the today page, like the, the main dashboard. So right now with the way, 
you know, people don't know how the app looks right now, but right now, like I feel really individual habit pages look really nice. Like each habit kind of has its own little momentum chart, but there's not like a good overview of like, Hey, I'm trying to do these four habits. I need a good like dashboard that kind of covers all four of those. So I'm going to mm-hmm. be kind of sketching some ideas for that. And hopefully next time we record, I'll either have like started work on that code or at least have like sketched like a really good kind of idea of what I want that to look like. So that's sort of my intention for this week. I'm so jealous because you're kind of at the start of this product. So <laughs> you, you say I'm going to design the today page and that makes me like, oh, that's so, so exciting because you kind of, it's not a complete blank slate. But you're thinking about like, what can this look like? What can it do? What value can it provide? And like, I love, that's like my favorite stage of of product is kind of when you're at the right at the beginning. And I'm kind of at a slightly different stage, which is the the core mechanism of Llama Life is, is already there and it is working for people. So I need to be careful that I don't change it too much. Like I need to add Mm. stuff, but I have to be really careful about adding stuff that makes sense in relation to the rest of the products, both from a functional perspective, but also from a UI perspective and like thinking about the customer, the patterns a customer already has ingrained like in their brain about how they use the product. We can't go too far outside that because we'll break certain patterns that they're used to. Mm. There's so much to this. I mean, maybe this is a topic we talk about in a future episode, but it's like, how does it all fit together is such a big thing. Like that's kind of the stage we're at at the moment. Like we want to try new things, but it still has to fit. So I think for me, yeah, my intention next week, like I've started to build more. So this week we, we started building. Previous to that, I was doing heaps of marketing and that takes up a lot of time and effort and energy. And that's still going to continue, but we've got a few marketing things that are ongoing now. We've launched these things, these these marketing campaigns, and now we're just, we're seeing how it's going to go and we're kind of encouraging participation in these these things we've launched. But it gives me a little bit of breathing room to say, hey, let's go, let's start adding some more stuff. Like we have a big list of things that we wanted to do. Like we've had a lot of feedback from customers, like, can you add this? Can we add that? I need to go through and kind of prioritize that a bit more and see what fits and what doesn't. So that's kind of my upcoming week. That sounds great. I think that it'll be fun to catch up next week and see where kind of we both landed with that stuff. And yeah, I think maybe it'll be fun to kind of unpack maybe in a future episode, sort of those uh, differences of yeah, what it's like once you kind of establish because yeah, I'm in, we're in this place where it's, there's limitless possibility, but it's also like, you have to land on like what is going to be a product that because right now there's no customer base. There's a bunch of people that are interested, but there's no like solid like people that are using it all the time. And so we're kind of having to you want people to log in and then immediately feel like at home with that product. And so mm-hmm. it's a lot of like trying to figure out how do you get to the point where it all feels stable and then it'll also be fun exploring all the different ideas because we have like a billion features that we want to add next year. It's always good to chat and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right, chat then.